Be brave enough to fight off despair. If you're a Gundam pilot, a new type, you can do it. Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we are starting Season 3 and we are covering Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta. We're doing Episodes 1 through 3 today and we have with us Scotty P. I can't believe it was so quick. They did all that stuff with Lock-On getting killed at the end of the first season. And you're like, oh, it was so sad, and his little Haro's floating around, and every, oh, everybody really liked him. And then you start the second season, and they're like, you know, we really need somebody else to take that code name and use the green sniper suit. How about his brother? <laughs> yeah, he'll look exactly like him and have a different first name. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into, you know, uh, season two here, a double show. Um, that's what she double Zeta in the intro. Yeah. Shit. And Luke. Hi, I'm I'm also here. Um, we do stuff that's not Universal Century sometimes. Sometimes. I'm joking. I just wanted to do the gag. <laughs> well, here we are. Let's 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 start off with it. Double Zeta, episode one. Uh, prelude to Double Zeta. My first line of notes on this is the production committee really couldn't give him a week off, eh? <laughs> no, they fucking couldn't. Uh, so I, I think episode one is going to take us about uh, five minutes to go through, more or less. That is, that is a generous amount of time to spend in this episode. I think yeah. it was five minutes of actual content in that episode. Maybe, but it's all like fast-forwarded to the next few episodes, too. Yeah, it like, like they did a re... Okay, so... Let's pretend I've never seen this before. You go into it, it. This came out literally like the day after or like a week after Zeta ended, right? And so they gave you like a 30-minute recap of the show that literally there was no gap from. It was so unnecessary. Well, I say a 30-minute, but it was like 20 minutes. And 15 of that was recap. And five minutes was spoiling the next three episodes. Yeah. Well, you got to think about it, too. Like, I think we had talked about this before. You know, this, this was back in... Uh, the late 80s and like DVRs and even VCRs weren't like super common so it it would be it wouldn't be weird if somebody missed a few episodes or missed some stuff here and there so I mean I guess if you're like oh man the new show starting up like this would be a good place to like you know watch because it's going to give you more or less everything you need to know to go into Double Zeta um, I mean at a very superficial level but still better than going into it like completely blind like if you started with episode two or something like that it was like this is what a space colony is and this is what a mobile suit is it was very superficial yeah so i mean this is basically a clip show of different things that have happened throughout Z zeta and even the original series um lots of just you know high level stuff like hey this is what happened. This is what initiated the universal century. Hey, this is what a space colony is. This is how they feed people on space colonies. Space colonies spin because they need gravity. Like here's a mobile worker. Here's a mobile suit. Here's a, you know, here's a mobile suit Gundam. Um, it would have been a big bummer if I had like gone into that episode, having not just watched. Like if I had just watched Zeta and I sat through that whole episode, 
Actually, that is what happened. I was, it was kind of a bummer. Yeah. Well, there is a little bit of actual content. A little bit. This does, let's say that we're living in a world where this was something that was coming on weekly and we had never seen it before. It gives us a few things that uh, we, that are new information. For one, it's March 1st, 0088. We're one week after the end of Zeta. Argama is heading to side one for repairs. It confirms they actually did destroy the Jupitris because I'm not actually sure they show that happening. I don't think they Um, did. Yeah. Uh, and it also confirms that Shar never returned from battle and Camille's condition is a concern. So they are trying to get him to side one at once. And then, of course, you've got Fa watching Shinta and Kum run around and then Bright approaches her and they have some small talk. And I had mentioned this in one of our last Zeta episodes that it's a sort of surreal little scene of, oh, yeah, it's like Zeta. It's just everybody's on the argument except most everybody just died yeah. or is catatonic or something so uh what, yeah. what i really liked about like the this part was like you know camille's still fucked up and fa is like obviously emo and depressed and uh wishes that camille was like not a vegetable but then like the next set of flashbacks the next set of clip shows is like fa remini- reminiscing about like how great her and camille's relationship was <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to ask if you guys watched the sub or the dub because I watched the sub after watching the dub and I, I, she said that and I'm like did I miss something not watching the subtitles before maybe the dub doesn't say that I don't so know. there's there's no dub that we can grab of, of Double Zeta at this point They, I think somebody did it I think it was like a Cartoon Network thing no there was is it, a I I might get the name of the company wrong. I think it's Star TV uh, out of Australia. I might be getting that 100% wrong, and I'm sorry if I did. Not, and No, I'm not. Uh, anyway, that might be it. It might not. There is a dub of the show. I am not sure. Like, I think the entire thing was done, but I don't think there... It wasn't it, aired. Yeah, and I don't think uh, the entire thing has been tracked down and put online i think there are missing episodes that there are not copies of and like floating around so i've if you... i have never even seen like a full episode of double zeta in english aired not me i i think like they aired like an episode or two and like stopped it for some reason or another it did not air here at all yeah it never aired yeah, i found an article i found an article where they're talking about how it was a big deal in like 2005 um they found it. They found a partially dubbed version that was supposed to be airing in like Southeast Asia or something like that. Um, and and they don't know what happened, but they only, it's only like partially dubbed. Yeah. So the uh, Double Zeta in the U.S., which I think is where most of our listening audience is, was released on Blu-ray by Right Stuff or Nozomi however you want to refer to them on June 7th of 2016. So that is barely five years ago. And that was the first official release of any kind for the series in America. Five years. So I'm going to be way more uh, light on spoilers on later things in the series. This is only my first rewatch of it. And I'm sure that we're going to have people listening to this that have, have never watched it and might be watching along for the first time on this yeah this is my first rewatch too um 
And I mean, I'm already noticing a lot of stuff in this that I missed in the first go through of it, um, which is good. Like, that's why we do this, right? We learn. That's right. But there now there is some comedy in this clip show that I did want to point out. There's some really funny stuff, I thought. Uh, so did you guys notice the tears of time? I didn't. There was like mm. these... 3d like spheres floating around with dead people on them <laughs> so i did note that zz has some nice 3d effects they must have gotten more money <laughs> <laughs> yeah like they got one so they got the little 3d bubble effects uh, i think there was like a, a nice slight 3d effect to one of the colonies and then there was like another effect. It was like a screen transition from like a PowerPoint slide where like everything just like blew up into little tiny bricks and like floated away with the, the dust. They got yeah. some real funds. A PowerPoint transition is a yeah. good way to put that. Or like yeah. a really, <laughs> honestly, it, it was probably just someone's screensaver from 1988. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Um, then you have right after that was the who's that Pokemon segment. But silhouette quizzes yeah yeah the best yeah and, and it almost makes you feel like they're setting this up to like do this in future episodes like gi joe did like some of the segments and things like that because i mean this was around like the same time ish of that so when they they did the shinton kum silhouette quizzes i was like oh my god is this in more episodes i don't remember this but is this in more episodes <laughs> Ah, uh, too bad. But yeah, and the best part is that Char is the one narrating that section. He's, you mean, uh, Quattro Vagina. Oh, sorry. Right. Yeah. Quattro, Lieutenant Quattro is, is narrating that there. Anyway, it goes through some stuff. There are some other funny non-facts that are in here, such as when they talk about the bound dock, they say some diehard fans consider this the most beautiful of mobile suits. And I put down, I'm going to need a citation for that. That's, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So they, they go through a lot of these suits, uh, the Hyakushiki, the Rictius, the Super Gundam, which I think is actually the first time the show refers to it as the Super Gundam. Um, and we, we talked about it before cause we were like, Oh, the Super Gundam's when, you know, the core fighter merges with the Zeta but, or the Mark II or whatever. Um, but like, they never called it that, but they called it that in here. I guess it was part of like their, their gunpla advertisement. I mean, this whole section was a gunpla advertisement. Um, but yeah, then they talked about the Gaplant, the Hammurabi, the Bound Dock, the Psycho Gundam, the Cubalay, and the Zeta Gundam. And then they had a section where it was like, if you can name these Gundams, send us a letter and you'll be entered in for a prize. But I never saw like an address that we could send like the shit to because I, I would have been tempted to mail something to that address to see what would happen it says you could win a trip to jupiter that's why you needed to mail something in <laughs> yeah maybe it was removed i don't know maybe yeah. um yeah so we get a lot of clips of uh zeta and mobile suit gundam uh more overview of like axis and their motives and haman and maneva and all that stuff um and then so this is actually once we get past all of that the later stages of this episode it's something that no other show that yoshiyuki tomino has been the you know main creator of has ever had before or since that i have seen which is you actually get 
by virtue of this being a filler week, please let us get caught up clip show. If you actually sit down and watch the later part, it's, it's set up an exposition for the new characters and setting. Imagine. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a mini spoiler for the next few episodes, like Luke had mentioned. Uh, you know, and it's it's set up by Judo. So Judo comes in. He's like, "Hey, I'm the main character." I'm a junk dealer who collects scrap mobile suits to sell. I've got a bunch of friends and family, and they're all new types. Uh, and my buddy Beecha thinks we can steal stuff from the Argama. And they have yachts on, and a lot of little spoilers, and uh, why don't he you says, just watch the next few episodes? He, he says, I'm going to steal the Zeta. I read Mobile Suit Catalog monthly, so I think I'll be able to handle it. This is a, this is the actual line, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they do mention that your setting is going to be side one, colony one, Shangri-La. Yes. And um, so I took some notes on Shangri-La. And I think most people are familiar with the general idea of that is like this utopian sort of setting. But the things that they show you, it kind of makes it look dumpy and industrial. Um, it was in, in the, what you get to see. Yeah, it was the first colony in the first side. So it's old as fuck. Yeah, and now of course this is there's a few reasons that they could have named it that despite its appearances as not being what one would think of as a Shangri-La. For one, Shangri-La is an imaginary place. Um, it's a earthly paradise or a mythical Himalayan utopia. Uh, by the way, these are just this is all stuff I learned from looking at Wikipedia. Okay, not super deep research, um, but it it is. Uh, it was initially named in James Hilton's 1933 novel Lost Horizons, which is known as one of the first mass market paperbacks, which is sort of where the influence of that comes from, but also this being the first colony. Maybe there's a connection there. Maybe there's not at all. But I said, let me try to do something critical thinking-wise with my uh, 10 minutes of Wikipedia research on this. Um, and speaking of that Wikipedia article, Double Zeta is not mentioned in the popular culture section of that, so somebody needs to get on that. Um, <laughs> and now this, uh, it could be, um, going a couple more pages deep, though, uh, it says we could be connected here to Shambhala, which is a mythical kingdom in Tibetan and Buddhist tradition. Um, that is somewhere that is connected to the Kala Chakra, or Wheel of Time, which is sort of what it sounds like. Uh, I've kept reading other things about it, and it got really academic on things I'm not familiar with. But basically, the reason I thought that was interesting is that as a series, I think Double Zeta plays a little bit on uh, iteration and repetition, but also challenging that at the same time. And so seeing it connected, you know, the main, the, at least the first main setting being connected to something that could be translated out to Wheel of Time, I thought was uh, was interesting. So fit a little bit for me so that, that's all yeah i mean I, I think a lot of it too is like you know side one colony one this was probably again this was the first colony this was it probably predates even universal century because i think they said they didn't start universal century until there were like 40 million people in space right so um it's what 0088 at this point so um this colony is probably approaching 100 years old um if you think about it from that perspective uh so yes this was probably like the promised land for a lot of humanity when they first like started going into space 
but as as we'll find out, this is a junkie colony that has uh, very much fallen from grace, as it were. At least it didn't fall to the earth. That's that's true. That's true. I'm going to pause right here because I got to piss and I'm going to edit this out. <laughs> All right. All right. It's about five minutes. Oh, he's wearing boxers. Oh. That's all that. door open. We could have had sound effects. Yeah. Did you see um, when they were doing the recap, they had they were talking about like, this is what a side is. And they had like agriculture colonies and this and that. And, the other. and they showed the diagram, <laughs> like mm -hmm. the big like uh, diagram of it. And I'm like, no one's going to get this. I know what all this stuff is and I don't get this. Well, you know, they, they do show a map of the sides. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, 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 oh. I mean that like was they that they was map of the slides. I'm like I know where everything is and what everything is more or less, and I like had to like pause it and like look at it and think about it really hard. And if someone's actually getting anything out of this, yeah, they're not getting anything out of it. Oh, I mean, yeah, honestly though, like yeah, being able to hit pause on the on the map of the sides was a nice refresher though. It was <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. What I didn't look to see if they actually made it consistent with um, the the uh, the movement. I'm sure they did, but. Yeah. Um, I think they did. It matched, if I'm not mistaken, all of the thing, the diagrams that I've seen before on like the wiki and all of that, um, yeah. with all like the rotation marks and all of that stuff. I think that's, I think it was accurate, but yeah, it seems to change every time they release a new image of it. Well, it, well, remember it changes at uh, 0083. Remember that because that's how they hijack. Yeah, that's how the Delaws fleet hijacks a colony as they take one that's being moved, and I, I think it was right because it has four in front of the moon, and in mm. in the one year war side one mm. was the one like in front of the moon, the opposite side of side three where Zeon was. Yeah, cool. All right, we ready to resume? Yeah. All right. All right, episode two: the boy from Shangri La. All right. It's time for the real first episode. Also known as the actual episode one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, if, if you're following along, and we, we encourage everyone to support official releases, and please go out and buy the Blu-rays if you have the means. If you are following along on um, maybe some files that were on your computer, this may be labeled as episode one, but we're calling it episode two because officially that is what it is. And hey, the colony has big one symbols on the end of the, one of the ends of the two. Or... Or if you're watching this in the past when this was still on YouTube, very briefly, officially, that too. Oh, this was episode one on uh, YouTube? No, I'm saying uh, the opposite. Oh, this would be episode two on YouTube? I think so, if I recall correctly. That was the first time I actually watched it, so... All right, so we uh, start the episode off with uh, Judo removing a capsule from space. It looks like an escape capsule of some sort. Uh, and he sees the Argama docking with the colony. Um, we get a, a brief clip of Camille still being kind of comatose at this point. Um, he looks creepy. He's going to look creepy for a while, guys. Um, so... Uh, Judo, he sees a Hyzak or outside and he's like, I want to get it, but 
I don't want to call in my friends to help salvage it because I'd have to share the profits with people. So this is kind of like what we were talking about at the end of the last episode when he was introducing himself. He's kind of like a space junker. So like all the the floating garbage from the one year war and the grips conflict and everything. Um, they're just kind of like capturing it, salvaging it, selling the stuff. Um, and judo and his buddy, uh, what was his buddy's name in this part? I, it's Eno. Eno. Yeah. This, so yeah. this is Eno. And the, the reason yeah. that they're showing you them picking up like a escape pod and that they had a high floating in the foreground there was so that, you know, they were, at least in close proximity to the fighting that has just occurred. Right. Right. So, um, they open the escape pod and Yazan is inside. Um, and then right as they open that up, uh, we get to meet Bicha who shows up and wants to get a cut of the salvage. He's basically like, Hey, we had an agreement, bro. Bicha plus, uh, unnamed black number one. Yeah. As Mondo. All of these characters are named in the previous episode. Yeah, they, they do br- right. very quickly yeah. show them, but they don't actually name them in the episodes. They don't, other than Bicha and Judo, I don't think Eno was named he until. Said, I think he said their names, but he didn't say Mondo, right? I don't nope. think he said Mondo. He um, didn't say Eno either. I'm talking about the clip show episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I gotcha. They showed it on screen there uh but i don't think when in in episode two i don't think he actually says their names so he wouldn't have i don't think he would have known mondo if you had not been paying attention during the clip show yeah if you didn't pause it read the name and then hit resume because <laughs> it was a pretty rapid fire set of names for purposes of this podcast we are going to assume people paid attention let's move on okay um so yazan uh, wakes up after when they're when they're arguing with each other and um starts choking uh people he's like what's he's up yeah. yeah he's like what's up bitch he's been exploding in space presumably without food or water or anything other than any survival stuff he happened to have on him which knowing how responsible he was is probably nothing for about eight days yep i'm sure he's doing great yeah he was he it seemed like he was unconscious and i don't know if that was um i want to assume that was not battle related that was time in the capsule related yeah probably yep so um yeah so yazan kind of takes control of the situation and then we flash over to judo uh running home and grabbing food uh to give to yazan um and we get a brief view of of judo's sister which we'll talk more about her later but she just basically yells at him um now this is your actual this is your sneaky, the first time you watch, you have to, you know, you may be caught off guard because it is your exposition dump via 30 seconds of dialogue time right here. Because you learn so much right here. Um, so yeah, you, his dad is gone and his mom is off working on another colony or something. And he wants to send her to school. And it was, you're right, it was a lot all at once. Right, yeah. yeah, because Lena's like, why are you in dad's clothes? And he goes, well, he's not coming back for a while. And then he's telling Lena he's going to sell lots of junk because he wants to send her to a nice school, and then he leaves. It's, it's very quick, but it's one of those things that gives you a lot of background and motivations and stuff yeah. like right there. But if you 
are looking down at the wrong moment, you you will miss that, and it's important stuff. Yep. Um, so they're they're all heading to the port, um, and at this point, I think one of the really important things we have to note is that Yazan takes off his jacket, and um, he no longer is the bare-chested man that he is he was for most of Zeta. Um, He's wearing a brown shirt, which I think was what um, uh, what Judo was getting. He was getting his dad's clothes for Yazan. Yeah, but I mean, it's not Yazan anymore. It's a clone. It's this. This is not Yazan. <laughs> it's the oxygen deprivation. It made him forget to take his shirt off. He um, is instantly recognizable with that triple tattoo. He had to cover it. That's right. Yeah, he doesn't want him to know. Um, I think it's interesting for one the way he looks at that piece of bread. Wow. You find yeah. you somebody that looks at you like Yazan looks at that bread. The other part, though, is that Judo throws them an apple and, and they're like, yeah, no problem. I'm pretty sure that apple was in Judo's mouth when he was leaving the house. So. I think it was, too. I think he, like, put it in his mouth and was, like, carrying stuff and running. Um. So, yeah, Yazan in in the truck that they're driving. So, like, uh, Judo drove up to him and, like, gave him all this stuff. And then um, they, like, parallel a transport truck that's heading towards the port and um uh yazan jumps in like the little mobile worker thing and takes over the transport truck uh which is full of food ms the petite ms there we yes. go that is a petite ms um now the the reason he does this remember is that judo saying you're wanting to go straight into port that might be tough the argum is there and it shows their truck and their truck to me looked fine but they were trying to show like our truck sucks basically I didn't get it from the animation, but that's what they said. Uh, so Yazan hears that, and because he heard Argama, he goes, wait, we need a nicer truck. So he just goes and jacks a truck because he's Yazan. Yeah, yep, and it's full of food, so, you know, he gets to look at some more food hungrily. And that, that driver gets just thrown out the passenger <laughs> side, and Judo, like, sees him, he's like, oh, I guess that hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... They run into uh, Fa, and uh, Yazan gives Judo like a machine gun, like an AR-15 or something along those lines. And um, Yazan takes her truck over now. Um, and there's like some back and forth of what's going on. She's like, oh, this was a medical transport, but I don't have anybody. Um, and Judo goes into the back and sees Camille, um, takes the cover off of Camille, and Camille kind of like, turns and gives him a creepy stare and they they like hold hands in like this way that only scotty and i have ever done um <laughs> like leonard nimoy brain like mind melded him instantly I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what happened there but he like suddenly had visions of the sun and i guess now he can pilot a mobile suit he's a new type now i, I don't know I, I think that's what they imply <laughs> Yeah, they like transcended space and time and all this stuff and judo tripped balls for a few minutes. Um, but yeah, uh, so judo does not tell Yazan about uh, Camille being in the back, um, but he still takes Fa hostage uh, as they head towards the Aragama. So judo's a little bit confused, but not enough that he's like not on board with kidnapping this chick and comatose dude. Yeah, well, he does explain things a little bit. Now, Shinta and Kum do see this, so they're like, oh, we got to go tell the Argonaut. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
But yeah, that, then they are in the truck, and when they're in the truck, Faz asking Judah why he told Yazan there was nobody in the back of that vehicle or ambulance or whatever she was going to take to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And Judah says only a coward would take an injured guy hostage. And she's like, well, why is it? Why am I okay to take hostage? He's like, I don't. You don't look like a soldier, and you don't seem bothered. He's dude. Poor Judo's got no fucking idea what he's, what he's gotten into. He has no idea. She she pilots the shittiest mobile suit decently now. Yeah, and then uh, Fa basically says, Judo, why are you always skipping school to do hood rat shit with your friends? Why are you making your parents cry like this? <laughs> and then he's like, hey, they can't teach us anything in school. Actually, Eno says that part. And then Judo's like, yeah, we got to work. And so this is where you get the part where uh, Luke mentioned earlier about um, his parents having to leave home for work. His mom is working on another colony. They had to leave because of the war being in such close proximity. I guess it was driving people away. The colony was taking damage. Um, they sent him in. You also learn they sent him an allowance. I thought this was interesting. He said it's not enough to cover their air, power, and tax bills. And at first I was like, air, because it's the summer. And I was thinking that was like the electricity. I'm like, wait, you wouldn't say air and then power. And then I realized you're in a colony. I never thought about this. Yeah. Or if I did, it's been a while since I did. Yeah, you, I guess you would have to pay for, it's like this subtle world building thing all of a sudden. Like, oh yeah, you live in a colony. You probably got like air tax or a, a company yeah. that's charging you for all the oxygen getting pumped through. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that, that reminds me a lot of... Um the expanse because if you read the books or watch the show they they kind of touch on stuff like that a lot because like when you're in a colony or a mind asteroid or whatever like air is a precious resource and like you know if you want nice recirculators or fresh air you got to pay for it so yeah it makes sense um we we learned that uh the shangri-la techs won't be able to completely fix the suits on the argama uh, because the argument is running out of money. Um, I mean, and this is kind of like continuing a trend from even Zeta, where like they're kind of like on a shoestring budget. But, you know, they're doing what they can, basically, yeah, and, get things in working order. And I think what we're meant to infer here is that they are too far away and don't have the equipment to make a like a long enough distance transmission to someone like Wong to go, dude, money yeah yep um so yazan jumps out of the truck with the repair suit or with the petite ms um while Ju judo and bicha demand a mobile suit in exchange for uh fa's safe release and bicha is very bad at this by the way beach is bad in general like beach i i will say this about double zeta they're in comparison to zeta Double Zeta doesn't have as many characters that I just straight up dislike, <laughs> but Beach is one of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, Beach is, they have very, I think the show, yeah, like or dislike, I think Double Zeta does a good job of having honest teenager characters. Yeah. And Beach is, he's a teenager. So when you go, I don't like him, it's because well, he's kind of a shit. He's a teenage boy. Yep. Yep. You know? Yep. He's a brat. Um, so the Argama, the Shinta and Kum steal a machine gun to, in order to save Foz, like there's all this craziness going around in, in near the Argama. Um, and then Judo has like another little new type, I don't know, 
like space mind meld like he had while he was with Camille. Are you talking about when he was like looking at the Zeta? Yeah, he like glances at the Zeta and like he starts tripping again or something. It was like like yeah. you know the old rumors like if you took too much LSD and you popped your back, you would have like a like a, a trip again. Well, that's what happened with Judo just now. <laughs> Looks at the double Zeta and starts tripping balls. It seemed kind of like he was um like he like looked at it and he was about to fire at it and then like had the flash and then he's like wait 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 i can do something with that or yeah that or he was like drawn to it or something it was just it's not clear but he looks at it and starts tripping some for some reason um so you've, you've got something here that sets sort of the tone for the early part of double zeta a lot of this is really really similar to zeta because honestly to, like to me they're one big long ass series and this is se season two of the same damn thing but tonally remember we want to sell toys sunrise said we maybe make it less uh horribly depressing we, we have toys to sell okay and so you have a lighter tone and you get a scene that i think in at least the first episode really kind of exemplifies that because they're going, how do we help Yazan and distract him? We got all these fruits and vegetables and they started yeah. throwing fruit. I enjoy this. I think this is fun. I think this is honest. I think this is what would happen if you had your damaged warship go into whatever random closest colony you could. And you've, you know, you got natives, right? Yeah. Like, you have to deal with stuff. Um, I think some people see things like this and have this reaction to it. Like, oh, it's not serious tech to cute and make action now, but whatever. I think it's fun. There's I some really, like, funny stuff here. They start throwing cabbage. A dude gets hit in the head. This this colony worker's like, we got gorillas at the docks and backup. And this dude's in the foreground, not even worried, like, eating an orange. I'm like, yeah, that, that's funny. I like that. I, I think it's also, like, a mental reset from the end of Zeta because things did get in the last five to ten episodes. Like, people are dying left and right. And, like... If you did a straight continuation into Double Zeta of of Zeta, like how how do you continue with that without just straight up killing everybody in the show? Where right? you have to have some sort of narrative reset, and that's really what this is. Um, and at the same time, like along with the narrative reset, like uh, you you have to have a mood reset, or you just like you introduce new characters to kill them. And well, you know, Double Zeta is not doing that quite yet. So this is your come up come up for from you know diving take a deep breath and then we'll go back down eventually don't worry um but yeah so your, your therapy session yeah after, but i don't like i don't think it's as bad as a lot of people caricature it as um and we'll get into that very shortly um so yeah um bright is actually out there while they're throwing all these oranges and fruits and vegetables at everybody and um and he has a pretty good shot. He's, like, sitting there shooting uh, Yazan's mo mobile suit as he's, like, flying around, cracking the window. Um, and Shinta and Kum are causing even more problems. Um, uh, and then while everyone is distracted, Judo just jumps into the Zeta. Um, and he can't figure out how to close the... the uh, whatever, the, the bay door for the Zeta. The just, like... Yeah, the hatch, sorry. Uh, the hatch, just like Camille couldn't when he first st stole uh, the Mark II. But, you know, that's fine. 
But this time, Bright tries to learn his lesson from when Camille took it. He, like, grabs Judo, except they're in very low gravity. So Judo just kind of, like, pushes Bright out away, and, like, Bright flies away. He's like, no! Yeah, Bright is like, all right, this is the third time I'm going to have a Gundam get jacked on my watch. No, it's not. I'm going to get in there. To be fair, he wasn't the commander and regular at the time of the first show. I I know, I know, but... But it's his fault. Yeah. (laughs) He wasn't... It it is his fault in Zeta. Um, Yep. You know, Judo's like... It barely works. I don't care. It moves. It's a Gundam. Lots of money. Get out. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, so Yazan um, damages uh, Taurus's mobile worker, and then he, like, flies up to Sayagusa and just smacks him. It's so, like, when you first see it, it doesn't look that bad, but then, like, he killed Sayagusa. So th- there's some darkness in Double Zeta. They haven't finished killing everybody yet. So... For, for you naysayers who are like, oh, this is a comedy show. This is too childish. Episode two, which is episode one, you still get people on the argument getting killed. We could have continued the the kill list from the final episodes of Zeta. We could keep it going for this one. Sayagusa, right there, survives all that shit. And then Yazan flies up with a damn petite mobile and smacks him in the head and kills him. Yep. Might have been the sidewalk that killed. No, low gravity. No, but yeah, I mean that, that's it had drama. That's that's serious business. Yeah, and everybody's actually pretty fucked up, or you know, not not fucked up. Everybody's kind of shocked about this because you know Saigusa wasn't a major character, but he was a named character that showed up every once in a while. You know what? I didn't look up because it always did kind of feel weird, almost like a for the sake of it thing. I know he goes and gets Fa out, and it's like, oh yeah, Yazan's the bad guy, but they have random Argama crew members. I did. I meant to look up, and I did not. My only thought was, I wonder if that voice actor was booked on something else. <laughs> Maybe, probably. Yeah. He only had like a handful of lines for this. Um. Yep. So Judo gets pissed about this. He's basically like, "No, what the hell? I didn't sign up for this. Like, I saw I signed up for like stealing a mobile suit and causing some havoc, but not like murdering people." Um. And he stands the Zeta up and flies around randomly. He, he Before he starts flying around, he like pops his head through like a deck. Uh, it was kind of funny. Um, and then he starts um, chasing Yalzan through the colony while he's like basically trying to figure out how to pilot the mobile suit. Um, and then he's about to like, he's going to attack Yalzan with the beam saber and he doesn't quite get how the whole pop the beam saber out and catch it thing works. Um, and so, so, uh, Yazan picks up the the beam saber when he gets into a a different, it's not the petite mobile suit anymore, it's something else. I'm sure Scotty has a name for him. Nope. It was some kind of random, like, I don't know if construction worker or, like, agriculture mobile suit. It was something that he found. Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't even look it up. It's, it never shows up again. Yeah. So, yeah, he picks up the beam saber and he just starts, like hitting the Zeta with it. And so Judo still can't close the hatch. Um, So he's getting all the heat from the beam saber. Um, And he finally gets it closed right when Yazan hits him in the chest. And uh, Judo manages to blow up Yazan's suit. But of course, uh, Yazan survives for now. 
Um, but we we see something which I I think is a um, an illusion to Star Wars right here. Bright flies around and like puts a, a grappling hook around the double or around the Zeta's legs and circles it and then trips it like an Adat and Hoth, which I thought was pretty cool. When do we get the bright custom petite mobile suit gunpla? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he finally got bright doing some piloting. <laughs> yep. So uh, after the Zeta gets tripped, Judo just goes and steals Bright's car and gets the fuck out of there. Um, and then we see a uh, the the episode kind of ends with uh, some Zeon looking guy who have, we haven't been introduced yet, but it is uh, Marshamar Cello. How how do you say his name? I don't know, but I did want to comment on his name because in the preview for uh, episode, I guess three, two or three, whatever you want to call it, um, the Night of the Indra. They they're like, wait, it's Marsha Cello, not Marshmallow. And that <laughs> made me laugh greatly. It is, yeah, it's it's Mushima, and it's a play on when you say Mushima Cello, it's a play on Marshmallow. And now I sent you guys a link to an interview with Tomino last week. I don't know if you watched it, and it's it's long, so you might not have. Okay. And this is an interview from 2005 or 6. You can tell they're working on the Zeta movies when the interview was filmed. And he explains that these weird names are something that he does as a form of harassment to the studio. <laughs> this is this is what were his words roughly, but he's basically puts the stuff out there to see how much they're paying attention. <laughs> and whenever these terrible names get through, he he's realizes that they weren't and that's him punishing them for it yep that's so, that's my take on some i put my own spin on how i took that a little bit in there i don't want anyone to think that that's per se exactly what he said it's probably um, close enough to true but yeah i mean it's just he's just trolling with those names and this is another one this is a terrible name so marshima shallow uh, we see him like standing out in space and then he uh, we see a floating briefcase um in space and that is episode two we get that email on the uc throw a briefcase in space yeah i hope it lands where you need it to go yep so that that's really the intro episode to zeta it's a good episode i like it um yeah double zeta i thought it was good too um although judo i'm not like very invested in yet but he's not a bad character either like i feel like when we met camille in zeta he was really whiny and not able to be empathized with much like other than the fact that he had a girl's name right like it was he was a brat judo is like yeah he's a hood rat and he's trying to but he's trying to survive he's like trying to take care of his family the main, the main thing that we see a lot of with, and this is like all Gundam, this is a Gundam problem. This isn't just a Gundam problem. This is like a, I don't know, I'll call it just an anime problem, but I'll say, say Gundam problem for now. Whoever the random person happens to be near the events they want to focus on just happens to be the current most powerful new type, always. 
and I mean, I get that's why we're following this person, but it's just, it's so convenient that they flew into this place and they ran into this guy who just, Oh, he's a new type. He can be, he's the next pilot. I don't know. That's, uh, I don't know. I'm not invested in him yet for that reason. Well, I think the interesting part of judo that we see already is that he is such a contrast to Amaro and Camille in a, in a big way, because, uh, you know, and I mentioned this at the start where double Zeta, it's another iteration of the same kind of story that we, you would have seen twice in Mobile Suit Gundam and then Zeta. But it's also starting to get to the point where you've got these creative people doing the same thing for the third time going, we got to start, you know, challenging what we did a little bit in order to move forward. And so judo is, um, and like I say, homeless, but he's basically a, a latchkey kid, like forever latchkey kid, living with his sister, having to make his own way. And Amaro and Camille were these spoiled only children with parents you know, involved in the wider military industrial complex, if not the actual military in some way that were brought up in, you know, nice schools. And, you know, Amaro was, you know, on the earth and his dad took him into space and he, he kind of lived a life of privilege and didn't realize it because you don't when you're that age and you live that kind of life. And so Amaro and Camille were both that way. And judo is very much not. So for all of the things that happen that, are like you said kind of conveniently the same and yeah it's, it's tropey and it, it can be wearing but at least the other parts of his character are very different that we see so far yeah i, yeah, I feel I, like I, f I feel like judo is a much more relatable character in some ways just because he's like your everyday kid that like you could have known some annoying kid like him in school maybe Double Zeta, episode three, The Night of the Endra. It's a K-N-I-G-H-T, night. Um, Knigget. Knigget. It's only a flesh wound. Um, so we see random politicians getting a getting gold and, ex, and instructions to allow uh, um, the access ship to dock with side one colony one even though there's an AU ship in port so um that's what this you know floating briefcase was at the end of episode two um i love the foreshadowing here when one of the colony officials a younger one is saying there's already an AU ship here they're just bribing us like isn't this a, a problem? And then the older guy is busy with his gold and he's like, you're never going to get promoted. You've got to be more flexible with these kinds of things. <laughs> There's no way just, be, I mean, just because they're important, they're not going to like fire at each other. <laughs> oh, dude. You should dude. know better by now. We got like 90 episodes of this shit. <laughs> um, so we see, uh, we, we meet Mr. Chi Matter. <laughs> this is another Tomino name. Um, uh, Mr. Chi Matter, who is a, somebody who is new on the Argument ship, to us at least, but appears to be somebody that Bright's familiar with, um, suggests that the Argument escapes so that they don't have to fight um, access, access in the colony. Um, 
And they're like, yeah, that's that's a pretty good idea. We should probably get the hell out of here. We're not in good fighting condition anyway. Well, so this guy goes up there, and he, this official is telling them about that, and Bright's first reaction is, we uh, we can't pay you for the info, sorry. Like, Bright thinks, that this is a total stranger to them. Bright thinks he came there to sell them information. Oh, well, that's right, yeah. yeah so Mr. Yeah. Chi Matter was, like, the junior guy that from the first scene. Yeah, and then... You know, he goes, well, you know, I, I actually just I just kind of like you guys and I'll give you an official tug to help you go and hide this out in the colony. And Bright goes, I'll, I'll take your tug job. Yeah, he takes his tug job. But it was a little rough because the argument gets scratched up from the tug job while it's getting pulled out of colony. <laughs> Look, he said they didn't have money. He, he's, take what you get. Yeah. Um, and we learned that the Axis ship was actually sent to this colony to make sure that Side 1 is loyal to Axis and Hamad. So this is more than just like a visiting mission or a repair mission. This is a, hey, you, you know who we are mission? <laughs> yeah, so a couple of things here, because I think this is a good point to bring them up. One, if you are uh, familiar with or have followed or decided during all of the your Zeta and Double Zeta adventure to check out Gundam Sentinel. A lot of that is going on at this exact same time. Um, and I might be forgetting, this may not be the source of it. This might just be background information that has been filled in later over the years. But in that week, eight days or so since Zeta, Axis has been regrouping. And what they are doing or in the process of, because the Titan's fleet is destroyed, they're trying to consolidate their power in space. And they've declared themselves Neo Zeon, which I think this show gets into eventually but not yet they haven't said that yet but that's what's happened so they've declared themselves neo zeon have been regrouping and haman has sent stuff to and, and this might be in the clip show where haman is mentioning she's sending um you know like a vanguard or ships to basically every side to try I to basically, i don't think it actually mentioned that but yeah but that's what's happening that's the yep. background on this yep so um we see we meet Elle, um, and she has brought Judo's sister Lena to chastise Judo while they figure out how they're going to steal the Zeta. Um, they so they're like kind of on they're in the colony, but they're in like a rocky part of I don't know. They're near like the exit of the colony, I guess. Um, I enjoy Eno and Mondo's little comedy bit about the sibling love. Yeah. Yeah. So they see the Argama being dragged out of the colony and um, Judo's like, well, shit, time to go, guys. And he jumps in his uh, little petite mobile suit and um, <laughs> lassos his way onto the Argama. Uh, it's, it's a pretty funny little scene. Um, and he's basically getting dragged behind and trying to like get into the Argama. And here we finally, like, officially meet Marsha Marcello. So we meet a young Axis soldier who is obsessed with roses and Haman. Um, he, uh, I don't think we get the fla the flashback quite. Is this where we get the flashback? Or is it later? No, I don't think it's quite here yet. But yeah, you do get a nice, you, uh. Oh, no, no, you do. I'm sorry. You do. Um, so he is looking at this new green mobile suit. And 
this is, yeah, it immediately flashes back to Haman giving him this rose. And she's like, you're a true knight. And he is, this is all of Haman's internet fanboys. Yep. They are just like, Haman Sama. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the background for him really, and I don't think they, they completely, I think, uh, so charge deleted affair kind of retconned some of this, but like, he was one of the people that signed up to be an Axis military member after Haman did some of her heroic shit and they were like trying to get more people into the military. So like when he joined, it was really uh, because of Haman's inspiration. So we can use this as a convenient way to explain some of his obsession, right? Yeah, somewhat. But then, yeah, you flash back to the present and he's just staring at this rose. You you kind of imagine in your head he's just been staring at it, thinking about this whole scene in real time. And his subordinates like, uh, yeah, Dude. well, I'm I'm surprised that's lasted so long. And then you learn that Mashima had it coded, and then he he backhands his subordinate as soon as he explains that. Yeah, um, but he says he wants to capture the Argama undamaged so he can present it to Haman, and he is going to sortie in this new mobile suit. And, um, of course, you know, his subordinates like, dude, just send the Gaza seas. You're the commander. You'd be in the back. He ignores that. Um, the MS tech is like, Hey, we're still servicing this. Um, and then he's like, no, no, my skills will make up for the rest. So he's like, okay, well, listen, dude, give us 30 minutes. We can at least put the hatch on. And he goes, mm, no, I don't need it. And he says, this is a great quote. I like a well-ventilated cockpit. <laughs> yep so this is the the gallus j um it has legs kind of like um what is what is the line of suits that uh like the kshatriya prima like that line you know what i'm talking about just like a axis suit yeah well yeah it's the, they're all pretty similar yeah it's yeah. It's hard to say exactly what this is from. Like the the Wikipedia page says, it's like it drew inspiration from the goof, but eh. It's somewhere in the group. Uh, it is somewhere along the lines of Axis developing a goof derivative and then iterating on it. Now the Gallus J ends up uh, only a few of them get produced. Um, it was initially intended to work with the Zissa, which we'll see later as like a mop-up unit, as a close combat, urban warfare kind of thing. And because of that, it, um, it can launch one of its hands outward for extra force and punching. Uh, it has missile pods in the torso, but then also the left hand has machine guns in the fingers. Again, it's like urban crowd control ideal. Um, but the, the thing with this, it's, it's stupid heavy. This thing is as heavy, empty as like your, like a one-year war Zeon suit. It's 52 megatons, which is about I think 30, roughly 40 percent heavier than a lot of stuff at this time. Um, so, anyway, it's another prototype, but hey, it's a new thing. It's, a it's new not series even finished. To be expected. Not even finished. Yeah, and they don't even have the hatch put on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. So, yeah, he launches in that. Um, Bright and Torres detect a judo trying to break in. They see him on the little camera, and Bright's like, hey, just watch him right now, because 
you know how I am with child soldiers. And he like has flashbacks to Bright Almero and Camille and he's like, I could totally use this kid, but using child soldiers is bad, right? Well he's it's Bright telling the audience, he goes, Oh, this guy he reminds me like Amaro and Camille. It's like in Zeta when Camille kept reminding people of Amaro. It's more of a thing for the audience than it is yeah. like the bridge crew. Yeah, Bright just decided he hasn't ruined enough child soldiers' lives yet. So let's let's go. Let's try to get Judo in here. We know we know he's not the first, and we know he's not going to be the last. Um. So Haro and the kids find Judo floating around the ship, um, but they don't turn him on when uh, this new guy shows up named Keithron. They have to slice their own bread. Yeah, what kind of fucked up stuff is that? Um, but yeah, they don't turn him into Keithron, um, because he just doesn't seem like a bad guy. Shinta says he's a good, he's good at judging people. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Very valuable. Did, didn't he like four? <laughs> they, they really liked uh, Rosamia. Yeah, sorry, Rosamia. Yeah, they liked her. They liked four. Who, who didn't they like? Um, yeah. So, yeah, Ostana shows up and uh, notices the ju judo, but the kids uh, kind of interrupt Ostana and don't allow him to capture judo. Um, at this point, Mashima shows up and threatens to destroy the bridge. He's, like, standing on top of the bridge with, like, his uh, beam saber pointed down. Um, he's like, I'm going to fuck you guys up. I'm blah, 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 blah. Um... You know, I don't know. Marshima's actually like he's he's a bad uh, bad guy, but like he's a funny bad bad guy. <laughs> he is the pinnacle of just really inexperienced. He was put in command, and I don't imagine Haman would have thought he'd be trying to do all this stuff himself. That wasn't the point. But here he's, he is. He's like if if they gave if Jared was like in love with uh um what's his name jamatov hyman <laughs> and given control of a ship so yeah Marsh and, and less competent jared yeah. is more competent okay yeah i'll give that yeah. um yeah i mean and that's a whole thing we could talk about briefly too like access is a lot of inexperienced and younger fighters and that's kind of the problems that they have that's what they had at the at the end of uh zeta that's what they're having now it's like haman needs to get her fighters experience um so the same yeah. problem zeon had in the one-year war yeah but now all the babies they had to try to make more soldiers are getting older enough yeah yep um yep so judo Math doesn't work out for them, but... <laughs> No, they'd be like seven. <laughs> um, so Judo plants dynamite on the Gallus J. And, Where does um, he get this dynamite? Who the fuck knows? I was like, what? He has dynamite. Oh, okay. All right. It's it's an 80s cartoon, man. It's, it's, it's an 80s cartoon. He has dynamite. <laughs> um, so yeah, and before Marshmallow could do anything, um, he sets it off on the on the gallus jay's leg and it goes like flying around and it falls to the ground of the colony um uh, at this point fa launches in the methus um but as we've talked about before it's still not completely like um uh, roadworthy as it were uh because they don't have any mechanics um 
and the Zeta too, but Judo is willing to steal it again. Um, and so Judo is, or sorry, Fa is fighting Marshima, and right as she's about to get beam sabered in half, uh, Judo saves her. I love before Judo launches how he is accidentally in this really cheesy pose on the catapult deck. <laughs> He's not trying to have the Zeta in like a, a Sentai Ranger pose, but he does. Yeah. And um, he has this quick conversation with Bright, who is just like, okay, fine. And Bright's like, are you sure about this? And Judo's like, uh, well, why not? I guess it's too late now. Yep. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, so um, Judo and Mashima introduce themselves to each other. Um, you know, Mashima's like, I'm the pilot, or I'm the captain of blah, 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 blah. And as uh, Scotty put on uh, on Twitter, uh, Judo is a high school dropout. He says, uh, well, you know, yeah, Mashima gives him this. This fight is it's so good. Um, but he, you know, he gives him this, uh, I'm Mashima Cello from the Endra and then Judo's like, I'm Judo Ashta, and I, I'm cutting class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but, yeah, he's, so this is this really funny sequence of misinterpretations. So the first thing that happens is Judo's trying to get the beam saber. Still can't quite get there. He's flailing the arm around, and so Mashima, who's taking this very seriously, is like, oh, he must not want to use weapons. All right. He wants so to he, have an honorable fight to, with me. Yeah, yeah. So Mashima goes and like charges at him, and then Judo's like, uh, okay, tries to do things, accidentally transforms the Zeta. Um, yep. Which then Mashima takes his insult. And he's like, oh, I thought he want you know, thought he wanted to fight with honor, but now he's being a coward. So um, Judo ends up like, you know, converting it back, stops, kind of crashes into junk. Uh, Mashima goes and follows him. He escapes again, and then. He sees so Mashima sees the Zeta in a fighting stance immediately after it la- like escapes and lands, which again was on accident. And, but Mashima sees this and goes, "Oh, this pilot, he's used to fighting. I can tell because he's in that fighting stance immediately after landing." <sighs> I think, and I think that something that's important to mem- like notice here is this whole sequence and like every sequence before judo is like learning how to pilot the zeta and he's getting better each time he does it yeah he's still messing up but like he he doesn't have the experience of reading the manuals that amuro and camille had he is literally learning as he goes and he's doing really well all things considered, but I, I think this is another thing that it's meant to be a contrast, though, right? Because Amaro and Camille, they have 10 seconds of a hard time. Judo is now on episode two of having a hard time. Yeah. So. Well, it I, depends I on what like you that. look at, too, because, like, certain iterations of Amaro, like, he had all this prior knowledge when he got in there versus, like, instantly figuring it out, you know? Like, I, I think it depends on what you're watching. Yeah, because, I mean, in the show, he had the manual that he was reading while he was trying to pilot it. And the manga, I think he had, like, more experience reading it or something along those lines. Um, yeah, he had read, in Origin, he had read the book and the manual and, and had seen all of the technical diagrams and stuff uh, before he ever encountered the suit. Uh, and then it's the, the Fed spooks go and take it all away. Take, take away his porn stash, remember? Yeah. And... Um, and then 
Yeah. Anyway, in, in the show, he just falls in. And he's like, "Oh, hey, it's the book." Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna read this while I'm piloting. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's just an interesting thing. But like, judo is improving um, to the point that Mashima, uh, even in his incompetence, he's like, "This guy must be a new type." <laughs> Uh, so right as uh, Mashima is about to stab Judo uh, Judo impales Mashima uh, but he's able to get away it only it blows up like his arm or a leg or something it, like that it's just the it's the head of the gallus J but he, he just finally gets that beam saber going and just sticks it out at the right time yeah just to get the head unit and Mashima of course taking everything way too seriously not knowing that this was also an accident um goes oh my god this is this is the legendary zeta and i've already been disgraced I, I must retreat what a goon i love him yeah so um judo returns the zeta to the uh aragama and uh you know his his friends and sister are like why why'd you uh give it back and he's like i only flew the zeta to fight this time next time i'll steal it so i can sell it um, he's like i'm coming back for it i'm gonna take that yeah yeah and so lena's like i have faith in you judo and they fly back home and and the little petite mobile suit after noting where the argama is like hiding in the colony yeah yeah so they're they basically are uh pulling the autobots fleeing from the decepticon forces on Junkion, where they just shoot a bunch of rubble and hide in the pile Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. And judo, judo's like, ah, that's where my my uh, my gold is. I'm gonna go home, take a nap, and then come back and steal it tomorrow, folks. Yep. And uh, now Lena, again, she she knows to be able to count on him, but she's still not happy with what he's doing. She she doesn't want him to be doing all these crimes. Bad boy. Bad boy. Would you? So that's. That's it. That's Zeta, Double Zeta, episodes one through three. I like it, and I'm looking forward to this show. Um, not as Zeta was was a bit of a drag at points, and I think Double Zeta will have similar problems at some points. But like, I think despite the shit it catches, I think Double Zeta is actually like a more fun show to watch. Yeah, I think the the parts of double zeta that get sort of repetitive and dragging are we're, we're actually coming up on them they're early but then yeah. they get that out of the way so yes it's, it's all good um but and again you have to remember the the focus here right that it's the studio going dude look at what you just made we are trying to sell toys <laughs> you just killed everybody right. and uh, blew and, up all the suits yeah and uh i'm just gonna one more guess yeah, and, I, and I'm just going to just point this out. I, I've mentioned this on this show previously, but if you want a, a deeper dive into the things going on in anime when this was made, if you listen to Mobile Suit Breakdown's initial before any episodes thing for Double Zeta, they give a lot of good context. At Part of this, too, is just going along with the trend in anime at the time to make stuff that isn't so damn dark and edgy because they went this is stuff for kids it's supposed to be for kids go make it for kids yeah 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 it, it's it's definitely different and i think it definitely needed a reset because i mean 
really like we said before if you kept going dark with double zeta or double zeta then like you would have just ended in like a a, a death orgy after a few episodes like well the arkham is floating around in space and nobody's piloting it anymore oh look there's bright's head floating by the screen <laughs> yeah, but yeah if you you know if this is your first time through and you are going oh it's a little you know a little jarring the space opera comes back but yep. we gotta we gotta reset take our volume calm down a little bit and yep. you know yeah. You've got about 20 episodes of lighter fare before you get super into, like, what you would expect from Zeta. And I think even better than what we got with Zeta, so. Lock on. Lock on. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know, that always reminds me of that... Uh... Beer fest. Just remember, they got the the guy that it's land, they call him landfill. It's the fat guy, and like he dies, and then a dude shows up at his funeral that looks just like him, and he's like, "Oh no, I'm landfill's brother." Da da da. But you know, I mean, I'll just keep doing this with you guys, and you can just, you know, you can just call me landfill as well. And you know, he told me everything about you, so we don't even need to do all of that exposition and all that. And I, every time I see beer fest, I think of Gundam Double O because I'm like, that's exactly what they did with Lyle Delandy. <laughs> yes yes alright guys thanks for following along thanks for uh, following with us into season 3 uh, we will see you in 2 weeks with more Devil Zeta until then uh, check us out on Twitter at NewTypeFlashPod and on Reddit blah 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 season 3 is Triple Zeta that would be season 4 season okay. 4 is 3 Zetas See you guys.